I am so sick and tired of following the rules. And by following the rules, there are no rules. That's not what I mean. I don't really mean rules. What I mean is I'm sick and tired of being the way people expect me to be. It just kind of feels like restricting. Like I feel so restricted in whatever. I don't know. Like I'm just so... Something about it makes me angry. Like, I'm really, I'm really, I don't even know how to explain it. I just feel frustrated and angry and confused. And I feel like to, like, figure out where my, like, you know, the the realization that I had where I was like, oh my god, I'm so tired of, like, following the rules. I'm so sick of following or being what people expect me to be began when I realized that I didn't really want to be a teacher anymore because it kind of felt like I had to follow this specific path that was laid out for me like like I just had to be like the only option was for me to become an educator and there were a lot of things that made me feel like this one mainly being that I was in a school for my internship where I was hyper aware of the importance that black teachers have for black children and it felt like me not becoming a teacher was selfish um it felt like I should just deal with it and do this thing that I wasn't really sure about anymore because of all the children it could help and not only was I feeling this internally externally I was being told this by all the other black teachers in the building and they they weren't like doing it on purpose they were like oh my gosh I'm so excited that we have another young black teacher you know in school and you're gonna make a great teacher these kids need you blah 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 like that's what I was hearing almost every day and they, they meant well you know they were saying how they admired me for choosing this path to teach uh, a selfless field basically and that me being a black woman would be helpful to so many students who you know were trying to find their way as a in through life as a black kid a black boy a black girl and you know that I'd be able to understand them and help them in a way that teachers who were not black would not be able to because you know being black is such a unique experience really like in summary I just was like I felt so pressured by other people's hopes and other people's dreams of what I could become and it felt like those were like my rules like I had to do those things to make other people happy it really just it was like a time when I felt like there was no choices for me especially because I was like at the time what I craved more than anything was job security. And I was dealing with my own internal pressure that I put on myself to be successful. And these are two things that I'm still dealing with to this day. I still really, really, really just want a job that will pay me. Um, I really just, really just want, like, job security. Um, I just want to, like, start establishing my career. And I also still feel this pressure, this need, this desire to be successful to be able to support my family in the way that I know that they need me to not that they need me to su- to be successful to support them but it would just it would just be so great if I could you know what I'm saying like it just would be I would just I just wish I could do it <laughs> like I I hope that one day I'll be able to do it and I'm feeling kind of like impatient like I want it to happen right now you know like I want to be able to support them right now and I'm not really feeling like 
willing to go through like the trials and tribulations, the struggles that I know that I'm going to have to go through in order to be successful. And I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't follow the rules. I am taking a path where I have no idea where it's leading me. I have no idea what I'm doing. But what I do know is that I'm much happier doing it than I was this time last year when I was following the path that I thought everybody wanted me to, that I thought would make everybody happy, that would give me the job security, that would give me the, you know, quote unquote, success of a career, starting my career. I'm, (laughs) I'm so much happier on this road of uncertainty and all that. So, see with that what you will. But, There's more to this idea of me being tired of following the rules or sick of following the rules than just, like, my career and stuff like that. I'm also thinking about, like, other people's perceptions of me. Now, I recently started a new job, and it's been very interesting. Like, you know, you meet all those new people, right? And they're trying to, like, figure out what your vibe is, figure out who you are. And it was just so interesting to me how they immediately pegged me as the quiet girl (laughs) which I guess is fair because I am quiet I don't talk that much which is I guess hard to believe because I have a podcast (laughs) but anyway I don't really talk that much I kind of spend most of my time listening and thinking and observing yeah like I don't know I it's not that I'm not doing anything I feel like there's a misconception where if you're quieter people think like you're not thinking having thoughts like you're just doing nothing but you're not you're listening you're watching you're thinking and not only did they you know kind of peg me as a quiet girl I also have a reputation of being like a good girl you know what I'm saying like a girl who follows the rules a girl who's you know I don't know nice to everyone which is a good thing I guess but a girl who is very religious you know what I'm saying like I don't know there's nothing wrong with any of these qualities there's nothing wrong with being quiet there's nothing wrong with um following rules and being religious and being nice to everyone but it just feels like so two-dimensional to me like that I think that's why it bothers me so much because it just feels like so boring and I'm like not boring (laughs) you know what I mean it just feels like the script is already written for me, you know, the story's already been written for me, like, my role has already been cemented as a side character, as a quiet girl, as the girl who always follows the rules, um, and that's just what my role is at my job now, and I kind of resent it, it was, I resent it even more because this is the same reputation that I've had all throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, this is how people always perceive me, and it just, like, baffles me, because it's not, like, I just don't feel like it's an adequate, you know, representation of who I am as a person. I'm, like, so much more than just those things. And I feel like, you know, to be fair, we do that to everyone. We're like, oh, you know, as as people, as a society, we always are trying to simplify people down to, like, a couple words or a couple, like, a concept that we're all familiar with. Like, the popular guy, the nerdy guy, the um, musical girl, the, act, you know, the drama kids. Like, we always are trying to categorize people in this way. So it's, like... It makes sense that they categorize me at all, but it's just is so almost infuriating to me that they I'm always categorized <laughs> in this way. Like it's like what am I doing that I people keep perceiving me in this way? Like that is so crazy. And when I got my first tattoo, and also I recently got like a cartilage piercing. When I when I was like like I decided that I wanted to get them, 
I felt like weird because I was like, do I really want to get this tattoo? Do I really want to get this piercing? Or am I just getting these things because I'm rebelling against the idea that people think I'm, you know, square and quiet and a good girl, you know what I'm saying? Like boring. Am I, am I doing this to show them that I'm, I'm not what they think I am? Um, like to have some type of physical indicator, which obviously that did jack shit because here I am with my tattoo and my piercing and people are still categorizing me like this. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, what's going on? What? It's like, it, it, so I was like worried. I was like, do I actually want these things or am I just like trying to make a statement? And after I got them, I was like, no, like, I think I actually did like really like them. <laughs> like, I, I think I really like how my ear looks with this piercing. I think I really like how my body looks with this tattoo. Like, I think it compliments me and suits me as a person. And I'm like, it makes me feel like I'm one step closer to embodying who I am on the inside, like reflecting that on the outside as well. But it just felt like, like, I just feel like, like, yelling. Like, I just feel like yelling at them and, like, like screaming and being like, you don't know me. Like, you you have no idea who I am. You just met me, so why are you saying all these things about me like you know who I am when I don't even know who I am? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it makes me frustrated. It makes me upset. And really, I'm like, is it really even that serious? Like, is it really that big of a deal for real? I don't know, but there's something about it that just makes me, like, so angry. Um, being being categorized in this way every single time. It almost kind of feels, like, insulting. Like, it doesn't feel like when they're saying, like, oh, she's quiet or, oh, she's, you know, a good girl. Like, it doesn't feel like a compliment. It feels like an insult a little bit. Like, it feels like they're calling me boring or, like naive like green like am I those things okay to some extent maybe I am maybe I do like to drink tea every day maybe I do like to crochet and read books but (laughs) there are also other sides to me that I feel like like that description does not make it's, it's like it's not me maybe it's a part of me but it's not me but then it's like I sometimes I'm thinking I'm like is that because like they categorize me did they categorize me in that way because like that's all I show them, you know, like, is it really their fault? Like, is it my fault? And so like the other day I like was like, okay, well maybe I'll just talk more then. Like maybe I'll be a little bit more vocal. And I was talking and talking and talking. Like I was talking a lot, actually kind of like tired me out. And then like, I remember I stopped talking and I was like, am I like annoying? (laughs) Like, I was like, am I annoying them? Like, I'm so annoying. Like I should just shut up. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they've tolerated me for this long. Like I need to stop talking. Like they hate me. That was literally my inner monologue. And I don't think I talked like for the rest of the night, that shift after that, because I was like, I was just so convinced that they were sick of me. Um, and then it was like, I was like, this is why I don't talk because this is horrible and I hate it and I don't know what to do myself and I just feel awkward and weird. Like I need to leave. So I'm like, maybe it's not even them. Maybe it's me because even when I try to like show them a different side of me, I just like, it kind of backfired. Like I got, I got too into my head. And another thing that I feel like (laughs) I think about when I'm like, I'm so sick of feeling like I need to be a certain way. Um, and do certain things is when I think about my life as a black person. Now, I am a black woman, so there are some things that some people, some groups feel like should be, should come naturally to me, should be inherent, right? 
one of those things being dapping people up. Now, I don't know if you know what dapping people up is. I don't really feel like explaining it. Just go look it up, actually. Like, I don't, I'm not going to explain it because it feels kind of embarrassing to try to explain it. But anyway, so I have a tumultuous history with dapping people up. I actually had to teach myself, like, how to do it. And even when, like, like I know how to do it, but even now it just feels like, awkward and stiff and not right and I'm just like ready for it to be over and crossing my fingers I didn't mess anything up right so I actually had to teach myself how to do it which is kind of embarrassing to admit like this is this is very embarrassing for me to say um yeah so when I did track I had to get with the program like track is predominantly black sport I had to get with the program so I I figured out how to do it. I don't actually remember how, but I remember I figured out how to do it and I could do it. But here's the thing, everybody daps people up differently. And it's like, every time I like don't dap them up in the way that they're expecting me to, I'm like, oh my God, I'm a failure. They think I'm whitewashed. No, my God, like, what am I gonna do? You know what I mean? But really, it's just that everyone daps each other up in a different way. If I was like, comfortable with dabbing people up if they like did something different I'd be like oh I thought you're gonna do this ha 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 you know it'd be so simple but it's like not for me because I have to think so consciously about every step when I'm doing it anyway that's not the point I got distracted so mm, a couple weeks ago right at my job this guy was leaving right and he was a white guy for context and he was like all right bye guys and there was a black guy next to me and he dapped him up and it was like (laughs) (laughs) like like there was rocks in my stomach because I could just I just like dreaded I was like no 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 I'm next he's gonna dap me up next oh my god I'm not ready I'm not ready for this I wasn't expecting this white boy to dap me up like I really I really don't want to do this right now and it was like I saw the whole thing in slow motion like I saw his arm going back you know like the whole shoulder arm elbow everything like he was coming in to dap me up And I was like, oh, like I didn't, (laughs) I didn't dap him up. I didn't. I was like, oh, what are you doing? He was like, I'm saying goodbye. Like he was like so (laughs) earnest. He's like, I'm saying goodbye. And like, he was like, you don't want to say goodbye? And I was like, no, no, you know, I'll say goodbye. And then we like did it, but it was so awkward and weird. And not only did he dap me up, he did the whole like shoulder bump. And that was offensive because the black guy next to me was like, damn, like he really dapped you up like a man. And I was like thinking about it, I was like, yes, he did. Like he did dap me up like a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why did he do that? Like I'm not, I'm not a little boy if he'd be shoulder bumping me. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was stiff. It was awkward. I hated it. I wish it never happened. Honestly, I wish I could erase it from my memory. And... Um, I just feel like the whole reason I'm telling you this whole story is because it just feels like as a black person, I should be able to dap people up and it should come naturally to me, but it doesn't. And it feels like not to say, not to be dramatic, like I'm a, like I'm a failure as a black person, but it kind of does. Like it kind of does feel like that. It feels like I'm embarrassing. Like I'm an embarrassment to the black community because I don't know how to dap people up. And it's even, like, extends into, like, the way I speak, where I'm, I speak, like, I kind of use AAVE, African American Vernacular English, a little bit, but, like, not all the way. It's some type of, like, weird mix between Patois, which is, like, the Jamaican dialect, and Standard English, AAVE. It's just, like, some type, it's just some mashup, and it feels like, like, I'm, when I speak, like, how I usually speak, it feels like I'm not speaking right. You know what I mean? Like, it feels right to me, but it feels like, it feels wrong. It feels like I'm, I'm, 
feel like I don't belong anywhere, I think is what I'm trying to say. It feels like, it feels so comfortable to me and so right to me, but when I think about it, when I speak how I normally speak around other people, like strangers and stuff, it feels weird and wrong and like something is wrong with me. And so I, I code switch, obviously. I speak black English very intensely talking about yo for real and all this type of stuff you know what i'm saying like i really lean into it and it's not that code switching in that way comes unnaturally to me like it's it's not that it feels weird but it is like i am forcing that like i am like yo for real oh my god i really do be like that sometimes like i'm really really putting a lot of emphasis on it versus when i'm around like a predominantly white environment i might code switch and be like Oh my gosh, me too. Like, I really do feel like that sometimes. Isn't that so crazy? (laughs) um, And neither of those is me. Like, neither of those is how I talk when I'm by myself or with people that I, like, really, really feel like I can be myself around. And it is, like, so strange to realize that. And I'm sick of feeling like I have to speak one way or another in front of certain types of people. And I kind of just want to talk like how I talk. Like, I want to say a little bit of Patois. I want to say a little bit of AAVE. I want to say a little bit of standard English. And I want that to be okay. And it is. Like, it really is just me. It's up to me to feel okay with it um, and feel okay in myself. But it's a lot easier said than done. And I feel like another thing... (laughs) I feel like another thing that sometimes makes me feel like I'm not following the rules of being a black person or it makes me feel less black is my anxiety, my general state of constant nervousness. Because, you know, black people, like, inherently have this, like, swag. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's, like, inherently this aura of coolness to them. And not that I don't have that, like, not to put myself down like that, but I... Things just don't seem to come as easily socially to me as it does for other black people. Especially I find that when I'm in a predominantly black environment, um, like having a conversation is a lot more difficult for me than it is for other black people, or at least seems to be like in my head. Um, because like when I'm talking to my black coworkers, sometimes the conversation is like hard for me to keep up with because I'm feeling awkward or nervous or I like, they'll say something and it's like, I literally have no clue what to say. Like, I, I don't know what to say. So what do I say? I say nothing at all. Um, and what I mean by this is like, you know, when you're having conversations and it's like, it's like witty sentence after witty sentence after witty sentence, you know what I mean? You guys are like really vibing off of each other, like playing off each other. Conversation is funny. You're laughing. And then like, imagine you're having a great conversation like that. Right. And, but you're talking to me. And then you say something and I'm like, silence. (laughs) Because I don't know what to say anymore. I don't even know if I'm explaining this right. But I like don't always have a comeback. And I feel weird and I feel awkward. And then I feel like, oh my God, they hate me and I'm boring and I'm weird and I don't know why they're talking to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I just I just don't navigate social situations as smoothly as other black people seem to and I know I'm making a generalization and I also know that I'm probably thinking about you know the loudest in the room like the loudest black people in the room or the most noticeable people in the conversation but I still feel weird I still sometimes feel like my anxiety makes me less of a black person which is a crazy sentence to say truly it is but it's so true like I just 
feel like those things about myself, like not being able to dap someone up, um, not speaking AAVE all the way, not feeling extroverted, not being extroverted, all these things make me sometimes, they make me feel like, like, am I even like black? <laughs> like, am I even black enough? And it's crazy for me to say that because I'm looking at myself right now in the mirror as I'm recording this episode and I've got an afro. I've got a full afro Angela Davis style. I'm rocking that sitting in this chair right now. So it makes no sense for me to be saying that as like, am I even black right now? Like what? My ancestors are probably rolling, rolling in their graves, but I'm confused. <laughs> I'm as a black girl who grew up in a predominantly white environment. I am confused, which I feel like is valid. Like, I feel like I deserve to be like, I feel like my confusion is, is valid and you would be confused too if you grew up like that. And it just feels like, like even down to my hair where it's like, um, I don't wear wigs. I kind of want to get into wigs though. But anyway, I don't know how to put on a wig. I don't know how to do lace front. I tried to learn for a little bit, but it was like kind of intimidating and scary. And I just went back to braiding my hair. And also I think it feels more shameful to be called out for wearing a wig than to like say, when people talk about like, oh, is that your real hair? Like when you wear braids, you're like, no, it's just extensions. Like that feels like somehow more respectable than wearing a wig. I don't know why. Like I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying like sometimes I'm, I'm more afraid to be called out for wearing a wig than I am to admit that my box braids is fake hair. What is that about? I actually don't even know. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I have a lot of feelings about hair and feeling like I'm doing it right as someone who has a natural hair. I love my hair. I do. I love how it looks. I love it in its natural state. And as I always say, this is how it goes out of my head. Why should it, why should I demand that it looks any different than how it goes out of my head? And why are you telling me that it needs to look different than how it goes out of my head? You know what I mean? Like, this is how it grows. This is how it's meant to look, how it's born to look. So it's ridiculous that, um, I feel, sometimes I feel that it needs to look a different way. Um, but we all know why that is, you know, um, years, decades, centuries of people always having something to say about black women's hair. And I think I've kind of come to terms with that idea, that sentiment. Not that I should, not that I feel like it's right, but I have come to terms with the idea that someone will always have something to say about my hair. Like someone will always have something to say about black women's hair, black people's hair in general, but specifically black women's hair, because black men can have dreads and look a fucking mess and that's okay. But if a black woman did that, it would be, she would be ratchet, she'd be dirty, she'd be masculine, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I kind of just operate in life knowing that people are going to have something to say about my hair no matter what I do to it, no matter if I perm it, silk press it, wear it natural, wear a wig, wear braids, whatever. Um, but that doesn't make it any easier and it doesn't make me any less afraid when people talk about my hair when people have something to say about it um because it feels deeply personal I actually guys I lost the point that I was making I got distracted and I don't remember what point I was making about hair and following the rules but I think it was something about how um other people's perceptions of my hair make me more hesitant and nervous to do the things that I actually want to do with my hair um because I know that, I don't know, 
I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, but I just know that it, I feel like weird about it and that sometimes I feel self-conscious about my hair because why do I feel self-conscious about my hair? I, I like, I preemptively dread what people are going to say about it. You know, like I preemptively brace myself for negativity in regards to my hair every time I do something to it, every time I step out the house, honestly. Anyway, um, I, these days, have been working on being, like, wholly myself without filtering who I am. Because I feel like a lot of times, like I said earlier in the episode, that I'm quiet. I spend a lot of my time thinking and listening and observing. Um... So when you spend a lot of time thinking and listening instead of talking, you kind of like learn to filter out the parts of yourself that you know that that person might not agree with or like. Um, And honestly, I've become so good at it that it's kind of scary because it's like, why am I so good at adjusting who I am to fit who I'm around? You know, like why around certain people am I more outspoken and others I'm less outspoken? Why am I more eager to talk about K-dramas around some people than others, you know? Um, Because it's like that version of myself, like people, a lot of people in my life don't even know that I watch K-dramas. Like they don't even know that I listened to K-pop at one point and almost went to a BTS concert. Like that version of myself simply does not exist to them because I filtered it out. But um, I'm trying not to do that anymore. Every day, I'm trying to be a little bit more myself, all the parts of myself in front of everybody. Um, And it's weird and kind of uncomfortable. It feels like I have on like scratchy clothes, you know, like it feels like I have clothes that just don't feel right. But I think it's worth it. I'm trying to particularly like say what I mean and feel um and not what I think other people want me to say or what I think other people want me to feel um not that I would like like I wouldn't like feel the way people I thought people wanted me to feel what I would do is like show the feelings that I thought people wanted me to feel like one example this is kind of dumb but it's true so one thing about me um (laughs) is that I do not I do not say negative things about food that you like Here's the thing, that's not true, because <laughs> I definitely do to, like, some people, but they know I'm, like, just kidding, and I don't really mean it, but majority of people, 95% of people in my life, I would rather choke on spit than tell you that I hated what you gave me, so, because I think it's because when I was in middle school that I had this friend, and I... I had brought tamarind balls to school for the first time, and I had just, like, discovered tamarind balls. Like, you're like, what kind of Jamaican person are you? Um, you didn't know about tamarind balls, which, if you don't know, tamarind balls is, like, a a sweet kind of treat, sweet Jamaican treat. It looks horrendous. It looks like a pile of poop. Not really. It doesn't. It's brown, because tamarind is brown. Um, and it's, like, tamarind, mashed up tamarind, and, like, sugar. Um, just straight sugar. You're really just eating straight sugar. Anyway, um, I had just discovered tamarind and I think I was like seventh grade and I was literally obsessed with it. Like I could not stop eating tamarind every second of every day. And I brought it to lunch one day and I was so excited to share my, to share it, like tell my friends about it. And they were like, oh my God, like, what does it look like? And I like brought it out of my lunchbox and I was like, look, here it is. 
and they were like, hmm, you know, like, some of them were like, like, ooh, like, why does it look like that? Which, you know, valid, but, um, they were still, like, willing to try it. But then I had this one friend, and she looked at it, and she was like, that looks disgusting. Like, and as soon as she said that, like, no one else wanted to try it, and they all gave it back to me, and I felt so embarrassed, and honestly, obviously, I still think about that to this day, and it affected me, but I, like, I don't know, I was embarrassed, and I felt like, like, maybe she was right, maybe my food was gross, um, horrible friend, by the way, (laughs) anyway, so yeah, I heard somewhere someone said, like, um, I don't want to yuck your yum, you know, like, I don't want to make you feel bad about something that makes you feel good, you know what I mean, or criticize something that makes you happy, like, that's, that's dumb, so, I had like, I one time I went out with some people and she was like, you've got to try the, what was it? It was like f- fried Brussels sprouts or something. And I was like, hmm, like I like don't, I don't like Brussels sprouts, but maybe, you know, maybe my taste buds have changed. Let me try it. And I tried it and they were like on the edge of their seat, like at the restaurant looking at me like, oh, do you like it? Do you like it? Like that's what their <laughs> body language said. And I tasted it and it was the most foul thing I've ever had in my life. Like I... <laughs> Like, I really, I really was, like, I was, like, like, (laughs) but you know what I did? I chewed that thing, swallowed it, and I was, like, "Mm, like, that was so good. Like, I really, wow, you would have never thought. And they're, like, yeah, right? Like, you would have never thought it was so good, right? And they were, like, really enjoyed it. And then (laughs) I remember it was, like, the appetizer. And, um they were like, there was one more, like, oh, do you want it? Like, you enjoyed it so much. Like, do you want the last one? You can have it. I was like, no, you can, you can have it. This is your favorite. You can enjoy it. (laughs) And this was like a couple years ago. And it happened to me again recently. Like a coworker was like, um, like I was like, oh, what's that? Like, that's, what is it? And she was like, oh my God, it's so good. It's like, um, uh, rice wrapped in grape leaves, like grape, grapevine leaves and I was like you can eat grapevine leaves and she was like yeah like it's so delicious like you should try it here have one actually let me buy a new one and open it so you can taste it and I was like oh my god like wow you don't have to do that um but I'll try it since you're so excited about it like wow oh my gosh that's so nice of you and um I did not like it I did not like it at all um it was difficult to chew that and get that one down however I did it because I did not want to yuck her yum. I did not want to yuck their yum. I told them it was delicious and that I loved it. I didn't say all that. But I was like, mm, that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> you know? And then it was like, when it was still in my mouth for like hours after that. And I was kind of having like anxiety and I was upset about it a little bit. <laughs> Just because I could still taste it. Like, no matter how much water I drank, like, I could still taste it. And, um, really, did I have to go through all that? No, I could have been like, ooh, I don't like it. Actually, today, that same coworker offered someone else, like, another snack that she liked, and she was like, do you like it? And the girl was like, "Mm mm-mm, that's not for me. And it just seemed so easy. I was like, wow. She just, like, said that so easily, and it just was, like, so, you know, like, it it wasn't personal. She just, her her taste buds just didn't like it. And I was like, why can't I do that? I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, I kind of feel like that's, like, a good quality to have. Not that I like, like, like that I willingly suffer to make you feel good <laughs> about your, your foods, you know? Yeah. But overall, I feel like if you got anything, if you take anything away from this episode, I want you to take away the fact that I 
am working on prioritizing my happiness instead of following some invisible script that I think I'm supposed to follow as a person who would be good as a teacher, would have would have been maybe successful as a teacher, as a person who is seen as a good girl or the quiet girl. Um, instead of, like, restricting myself to that, that script, that reputation, just focusing on enjoying my life. Because at the end of the day, it's my life, right? It's like I'm the one living it. And it's mine to do what I want with it, really. And so I've been trying to ask myself in the morning, like, what would I do that would make me excited, that would make me happy, that would fill me with joy? And then to my, to the best of my ability, I will do those things. So if I wake up, let's say I had a to-do list, I was supposed to do this, I was supposed to do that, maybe I was supposed to clean my room, do laundry, um, do taxes. And I wasn't actually to do taxes. But you know, I'm just saying, like, boring stuff. <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like, I really want some ice cream or I really it would make me really happy to do a puzzle right now which is lame but anyway it makes me happy um then I want to do that or I feel like I really want to wear my overall today then I want to allow myself to do that um which is a side note I kind of feel like so at my job like you have to wear a shirt like a t-shirt and that's your uniform and look the bottoms can be anything you want and a lot of people wear overalls, and I really want to wear my overalls. I kind of, at first, justified it by saying that I was like, I'm waiting to wear my overalls until it gets colder outside, right? Because I have pants overalls. But it's getting colder outside now, and I feel like I can't wear it because my natural hair is out, and it'll make me look younger. But then I'm planning on braiding my hair, and I feel like I can't even wear it then because it's like I've worn, like I, I haven't worn my overalls for like the first three months that I've worked there, and so it feels like it'd be a deviation from who they perceive me to be and so I can't wear the overalls anymore but really that's so stupid because it's just clothes and I can do whatever I want and they would just have to accept it and come to terms with it but I'm like oh my god like I can't wear the overalls because that'd be out of character for me which is <laughs> like so bizarre like and insane like I think that's an insane person train of thought but yeah so now I feel like like can I wear my overalls at this point like it's been so long they've never seen me wear overalls like maybe that'd be weird um, <laughs> but I know, really, I know that I'm just, like, overthinking it. Like, it's not that serious, but it sometimes it feels that serious, and I'm, like, even just talking about it, my heart is, like, speeding up a little bit. I'm, like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, uh, I can't wear overalls. <laughs> That's embarrassing. The question that kind of grounds me, kind of centers me when I'm thinking about all of this is to think about how I would feel when I look back on my life. You know, like, in those movies where they show you, like, you know, the character has died in a car crash, and they're kind of, like, the, their whole life is playing back to them like a movie. Like, if my life played back to me like a movie right now, how would I feel about it? That's what I keep asking myself. And when I, when I think about it that way, it makes it so much easier to make those small choices, those small decisions that I know will somehow, some way, lead to me living a happy life that is not restricted by everyone else's rules um whether it's theirs or my own um all of them so every day ask yourself how would I feel about my life if I looked back at it right now if it played from the beginning the moment you came out of the womb screaming to now how would you feel about it would you feel happy would you feel sad would you feel like you need to change something do something drastically different pierce your belly button, pierce your nipples, 
that was kind of bizarre. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Look like think back. Like think back. How would you feel about your life? How do you feel about your life right now? Look back, think back. Ask that big question that's kind of daunting, right? That question can be kind of daunting. And then ask yourself a much more manageable question and say, what can I do today that will bring me joy, that will make me happy? It doesn't have to be something big. It can be something small like eating ice cream or getting a new plant um, or baking something, watching your favorite TV show, taking a bath, anything. Anything that will bring you joy. And I feel like if you do at least one thing that brings you joy every day, then that makes life worth living. Anyway, with that, I think I'm going to end the episode there. Um, as always, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at Jumble Podcast. And also, don't forget to leave a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast so far. New episodes every Sunday. Don't forget to check them out.